Welcome to the Anti-Architect Podcast. I am your host, Christian Giordano. As president and owner of the architecture and design firm Mancini Duffy, I am driven by a quest for learning and radically changing the architecture industry through tech-first innovation. With this podcast, I am hoping to improve the industry that I am so passionate about by taking a critical look at how architects work with their clients and, in turn, how our clients view us. It is my goal to showcase all of these experiences, good and bad. Was it the architect or the client or somewhere in between? I aim to bring my audience new voices from around our industry, interesting people with diverse backgrounds. Through shared experiences, stories, and projects, my hope is that we can improve our profession. Hello, Anti-Architect Podcast listeners. I'm excited to have Michael Gerizunas, the founder, president, and CEO of MG Engineering as my guest today in studio on the Anti-Architect Podcast. Mike Gerizunas founded MG Engineering 30 years ago in 1991, and it has grown to a well-known and respected full-service engineering firm with over 150 employees. They have three offices, New York City, Long Island, and Miami, Florida. But Mike himself is a licensed is licensed in over 30 states, giving him the ability to follow his clients nationally. He is lead accredited and a member of the United States Green Building Council. MG Engineering is a full-service consulting engineering firm practicing in all major engineering disciplines, including mechanical, electrical, fire alarm, plumbing, and IT. Some of their clients include Nike, Heineken, Pandora, Stuart Weitzman. I threw that in there for my wife. Sure. Uh, and we work. <laughs> uh, Mike has also established MGE University, which offers a wide variety of learning and development programs internally for all of his employees. And knowing MG Engineering a bit, I can tell you that they are very family friendly. The company culture, the individual career growth, longevity at the firm, and the well-being of each and every person is important to Mike. They're also great engineers. So when I asked Mike to be a guest on the podcast, he jokingly said, the anti-architect meets the anti-engineer, which is very, very true. Um, so at first glance, Mike does not look like an engineer at all, and no offense to engineers and frankly, even architects. But engineers are just, they're not cool. Um, yeah, not, not at all. Um, but Mike is cool. Um, plus, he could kick my ass. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Mike, thank you for agreeing to be on my podcast. And I'm looking no forward problem. to this conversation. I'm, I'm, I was excited about it when you first came up with the podcast. And I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. So I was like, oh, we get to drink and smoke weed, too. It's like, <laughs> this is, this is going to be cool, right? So, so what, you know, all these kidding aside, you know, I have great respect for Christian. So, uh, and the things that you've done. And um, I was like, sure, let me be a part of it. I'd love to do it. Awesome. Know, the first thing was a congratulations. You want to do it? Absolutely. Put me on. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate That's that. It. No sweat. So, so let's get right into it. What annoys you about architects well you know what it's, it's kind of funny because you know in our trades in many cases it's um you got the designers and the architects right and i really think that you know good architects uh that are have a project management background and have a, a more 
practical kind of experience. We get along really, really well with them. It's the designer types that unfortunately we've struggled with because um, they they go into a room and they have this vision and it's really great. And you come up with all these wonderful renderings and you have the client salivating and everything's great. And meanwhile, then you're saying you walk into the space, let's say it's like Rock Center. You're familiar with the buildings over right. there and they're showing 11 foot six ceilings. And, uh, you know, that's the bottom of the slab. And, uh, you know, you understand that I have to fit ductwork and sprinklers and um, all sorts of things up above that ceiling to make it work, live, breathe and the like. And um, I've been given on more than one occasion, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and it's like, again, you know what? It's uh, I left my magician hat back at the office. You know, it's not so easy to kind of do that. You have to. And and. The, on the other side, some architects, and, and there are a few like yourselves in the city that have that understanding of what we do. So it makes my life a little easier or it, from a practical standpoint. I don't want to take away from what um, the architects generally do. I understand yeah. that they, they let the creative juices go flowing. Let's go do it. And it's but, you know, don't you know, don't uh, tie my arms behind me to try and make it work at the same time. Understand, work with me and I'll work with you. And so yeah. I, I get the vision. But let's see what we can do to make it work. You know? Yeah, sometimes uh, you know us designers, we don't uh, we don't necessarily care about reality or think about it. You know, especially in the beginning of a project. So exactly, and that's you know, it's again, it's part. Of, it's you know, you want to be part of a team, and unfortunately, sometimes uh, it'll be well. I'm the designer. You got to do what I want, and this is what it is, and, and that's it. You're just the engineer. You know. So our audience would love to get to know you better. Great. Uh, you're originally from Woodside, Queens. Woodside, Tell us about Queens. kind of growing up and. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, you know, I'm first generation uh, Greek American. Both my parents uh, came from islands in Greece. So uh, once you, if anybody who's seen, seen a big, my big fat Greek wedding, you get a little bit of a flavor of what, what life is like. Uh, very strict, very, um, you know, you know, abide by my rules or, 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 or get the hell out of here kind of situation. So uh, me also being the firstborn, it was me and my brother grew up. Uh, you know, we were right across the street from a schoolyard where you had all influences from from anything you can imagine. Now, again, I'm 57 years old. So, you know, my, my formative years were the 70s when New York City wasn't necessarily the, the nicest place to be. It wasn't. Well, I won't even go now. <laughs> Ten years ago, yeah, it was uh, the Disneyland that we we came to to, to really love. Uh, yeah. But back then, you know, it was, uh, you know, one of those things where. You needed that 360 degree awareness of what's going on, who's a bad guy, who's a good guy. You know, you had your cliques and, you know, kind of trying to protect yourselves. But, you know, that being said, you know, my parents were the type where, you know, study, you know, it's okay. I would come home with a 95. Why didn't you get a hundred? Uh, you know, that kind of, so, you know, it instilled in me, you know, this, this, um, this always to, to achieve the best that I could do. But then again, too, you know, there was all these other distractions that were out there. So I tried to have my cake and eat it, too, which right, was right. not that easy of a balance to do. But somehow, some way, I, I got through it, you know. So I'm so. Italian. Um, you know, my, my parents are from the Bronx. Everyone is Italian. I like being Italian. You know, it's definitely part of me. But for you, and I, I feel like you take a lot of pride in your Greek heritage, Um you know, and I've noticed that among sort of other Greek friends of mine mm -hmm. and and even just Greeks that I meet in general, like it's a source of pride. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, well, I think aside from, um, listen, mm -hmm. I think from a number standpoint, we're probably not huge. Right. So, you know, there's this um, feeling of not to dilute 
the the the, the DNA, the genes, the breed, the or whatever you want, the brand. <laughs> you know, so you know what you you know. And listen, you know. And again, if you go back to my big fat Greek wedding, there's a lot to be proud of of being a Greek, yeah. you know, Greek. So, you know, we invented this, we invented that, we invented this, you know, all this great architecture, you know, so that, you know, yeah. by, by saying that you're Greek, you know, immediately, you know, all those thousands of years of, of heritage come, come with you. And it's, and it's, I, 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 I'm very proud of it. And, yeah. uh, and, and generally too, there is, um, you know, if you want to call us stereotypical, we're generally hardworking, uh, family oriented, mm -hmm. uh, all the traits that I think um, you want to promote and that that I'm I'm 100 percent behind. So uh, so by no means do I um, do I, you know, uh, push that in the background for right. me. You walk into my office, you'll see a big Greek flag over there. And it's again, <laughs> uh, my brother who's my partner might be a little bit more Greekish than I am, uh, because again, me being the, the black sheep of the family, I kind of ran all <laughs> over the place. He saw all the trouble I got with my parents and he said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to follow the rules <laughs> and be a little bit more, more homegrown, so to speak. What so. did your parents do? My father was a chemist. He worked for the EPA, so a civil servant his whole entire life. Uh, my mother was a homemaker, but uh, you know she was she had a seamstress background too. So she would do piecework at home to make a little extra money for the family. So um, again, hardworking. Yeah. Uh, you know, my biggest thing is whenever I used to go into a toy store or something like that. You know, it's a daddy I want, and first thing is, uh, well, you don't need it. And so I heard that enough times where, you know, un unless you really, really needed it, you know, you know, you did without. And um, it's something which I've learned. And, and I kind of want to say my, my whole entire life, you want to feed your belly, not your eyes, because, you know, what it's, uh, you know, you can be envious of so much. Well, that guy's got three Ferraris and he's got a McLaren and he's got X, Y and Z. And for myself, it's like. Well, you know, I can only drive one car at a time. It's going to be a nice car because I like to drive. But <laughs> um, but it's not one of those things, even though I had it. Uh, money in the bank was an, always a very nice, you know, safety blanket or comfort, sure. you know. And so my parents were, you know, they would save, they would crimp. And, you know, my father made a couple of wise investments when he was young, when he was, you know, when I was young, actually. So uh, uh, and thankfully, that has then, um, you know, got him through his retirement. Unfortunately, we lost him a couple of years ago. But yeah. um, uh, again, my mom's still going. She's a rock star. She's 84 years old, you know, and nice. uh, she does too much. <laughs> it's one of those things where if I say, hey, everybody in this place right now, let's go over to mom's. She'll 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 cook a meal <laughs> like like that. It's now, just, did you raise amazing. your kids the same way? Uh, no, you know, that's kind <laughs> of like, I guess, to a certain extent, uh, uh, I want to say, you know, Again, having gone through it once, uh, I am divorced, but, you know, I had a very lovely woman who was uh, my first wife and, um, you know, we raised two lovely kids. Very, One of them is Christian, smart. right? One of them's Christian. He's okay. uh, he's a Cornell grad, <laughs> went into, didn't, didn't want to do anything with engineering. So he, uh, but he went to Cornell uh, to study business. My oldest one, Michael, 28 years old right now, he's graduate engineer, went to Lehigh University. Uh, he's actually one of our our uh, engineers back at the office. And uh, uh, again, we raise them with uh, good morals and, and, and the need for, you know, to, to work hard and the studies and the like. I think she was a little bit more lenient of, of them, but when it was like a foot or two of snow out there, she would look for me to shovel while I had these two <laughs> strapping boys sitting in the uh, in 
<laughs> in bed sleeping and it'd be like, you know, really? I said, this is not what, uh, you know, I should put them working in the farms or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, but again, it's, uh, you know, thank God again, knock on wood two great kids. And, uh, That's great. I couldn't be happier and, uh, for their happiness and future success. So yeah. what along the way made you think about becoming an engineer? What, what made you become an engineer? Well, that's, that actually is a very funny story only for the fact that I, I thought I was going to be an architect. Um, <laughs> So because I, 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 I always loved to draw when I was younger. I mean, I would just doodle. Uh, I was big into Marvel comics. I would copy all that. And I would just, you know, if you went into you'd see I'd have all these things going, going on. So I was pretty good with the hand uh, free sketching. And then uh, uh, <clears throat> if you didn't guess, I'm also into hard rock and heavy metal. So my first band was Kiss. So I draw <laughs> all these pictures of Gene Simmons all the time. But but what that ended up going is that then I would then say, OK, well, let me do something a little bit more serious. And so I would draw buildings and I would, you know, do this and that. And um, I went to Newtown High School. Um, while I was in their pre-engineering curriculum, I took mechanical drafting and architectural drafting and the like. And I said, boy, this is really cool. You know, I love the T-squares and the pencils and nice. so much so that I had uh, one good buddy of mine who had to repeat it one of the classes. And I used to do his homework just so that he didn't have to <laughs> repeat it again. So uh, so it was really all great. And then it come up to a time where we're now, uh, <clears throat> I guess, uh, finishing our junior year uh, or maybe it was even the senior year. And I go up to the instructor and I said, um, Hey, listen, I'm thinking of being an architect. What do you think? Because he was an architect. Okay. He goes, ah, Mike, he goes, you know, to, to be successful, you have to have your own business. You have to have your own clients and you have to have all that to be whatever. And I was like, and people who, who may have known me back then, I was, a little, I wouldn't say necessarily an introvert, but I was really not the gregarious person. Really? That's out. Yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? That's not me. I said, you know what? I'm going to go into engineering and I'm going to work for Grumman and design jets. That's what I thought, you know? So, so I ended up uh, graduating, you know, so again, I had my pre-engineering kind of background. I was always good in the math and sciences. So I had that inclination for okay. engineering anyway. But then, um, so I went to Polytech in Brooklyn, uh, which was a challenge because it was just, uh, you know, I was growing up in the cities and, you know, now, you know, early 80s, uh, mm -hmm. not the best of places to get going into the subways, especially late at night. But, wow. you know, I did my four years, got my degree there and I graduated in 85. And if anybody knows in 85, you know, the, the world wasn't in a really great place at that time uh, yeah. financially. You know, it was... Uh, uh, I'm a big Ronald Reagan fan and he tried to do as best as he can, but it was just, you know, getting a job as an engineer was not the, the easiest thing. Uh, many of the uh, defense companies were actually doing reductions at that time. <clears throat> and um, what I've always um, kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, I'm not a, a super, super religious person. I believe in God and I believe in all that, but I always think that the big man out there, you know, he's guiding me in certain ways and, people who you meet and things that end up happening. And why did you go in this direction instead of that right. direction? I, I Listen, I think a lot of it is hard work and a lot of it is luck. But I also think that sometimes there is some um, divine intervention there. So, um, so funny enough, I graduate. 
Did you have a specialty? Like, did you know you were? I was a mechanical be... engineer. You were, and okay. it was, which is the great thing about mechanical engineers is that it's, it's almost a, a generalist science in that you can get into a bunch of different things. I can design jets. I'm, you know, HVAC says I can do okay. so many different things. Okay, because you get into uh, thermodynamics, fluid dynamics. You get into oh, you know, really? so a little bit of structural. So you get you you touch all these different it things. Out a little. Well, know. again, I should have started <laughs> off in that you don't just graduate engineering school; you survive engineering school. It's a, it's it's a, it's a hard road to do <clears throat> excuse me but um so funny enough you know and again i will have to say you know having a girlfriend back then other distractions i wasn't maybe <laughs> at the top of my class i want to say but i was a solid guy i was a hustler you know i was i was always somebody that was out there working hard doing whatever i mean i was i was making money from when i was 13 years old just wow. you know doing messenger services or uh, um you know uh, working in um uh, restaurants. I, I worked all the hardest jobs just to make money selling Christmas trees during the, you know, so it was, nice, I like it. you know, so, um, you know, so I graduated and actually uh, I ended up getting a job or offered a job with the health and hospitals corporation. Huh. Uh, and as soon as they said, okay, you're in, they said, oh, there's a hiring freeze. And, you know, we don't know. Hold on. You're not not going to be able, you know. We can't uh, we can't get you yet. Yep. So I continued in my moving job. You know, I was a, I was a professional residential mover. I was humping, you know, couches and all the. It's a the lot of work. Stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, and meanwhile, all my other friends ended up going. Uh, two of them went to Fairchild. So I'm like, oh, well, Fairchild Republic. So defense industry, <clears throat> kind of where I thought I was going to go, but their grades were maybe a little bit better than mine. So, you know, <laughs> so anyway, so funny enough, uh, at the same time too, as I'm interviewing, I interviewed at Lizardus Engineering mm -hmm. and here's where the Greek connection comes in. Uh, Lizardus Engineering uh, was founded by two brothers uh, who grew up on the Upper West Side or Upper East Side here in Manhattan. Uh, and they grew up with um, some family friends of ours. And so, of course, when I graduated and my mom talks to her friends, oh, you know, Evans and George, they own an engineering firm on Long Island. He goes, maybe they can help and do something. So interesting. went there, you know, interviewed. Uh, they were a smaller firm. They were probably in the thir like 30 something people over there, but went, interviewed. You know, all, everything was really great. But they said, Mike, listen, he goes, every year uh, we generally hire one new new grad, so to speak. And we already have that guy because he interned the year before or whatever. And so, you know, I was like, wah, wah, wah. It was like, okay, too bad. Are we so still I had living this. in Queens at this point? Or were you... I was still living in Queens at this okay. time. So um, so I had kind of like the reverse commute would have been happening. Yeah. So funny enough, and this is why, again, divine intervention uh, ends up happening. So I'm working my job. And then literally maybe two weeks later, uh, Evans calls me. He says, Mike, he goes, our, our, our plan desk guy got into a car accident. The guy's in traction. He's, you know. Uh, would you want to come? It's not a full-time position but until he gets back. You're in the door. Whatever, in the door. I said, sure, it's a lot better than humping couches and the like. And <laughs> I get into again doing some engineering. So by all means, it's really great. So went from the, you know, jeans, T-shirts, bandanas, uh, you know, sweating my, uh, my uh, you know, what's off uh, <laughs> to now, you know, white shirts, tie, you know, getting yeah, into, yeah. Into, the, uh, into the business mode. And, you know, I really want to say that I took to the industry 
like a fish to water. It was really something which, uh, now again, I started off doing what? Making prints and yeah. doing this and then, but every so often I'd get a little touch of this and get a little touch of that. And uh, um, again, you know, that, that, that part of me, whether it was the Greek, whether it was the New York City kid from Queens hustle, uh, you know, I try to do as best as I can not necessarily to show off or to say, hey, listen, hire me full time because I knew what the situation was going to be. Right. So um, so within about two months, you know, they saw this guy and it was like, <laughs> hey, listen, Mike, would you want a full time position? And now again comes to me as like, well, I already accepted this position with the Health and Hospitals Corporation. I'd love to do it because I love all you guys. Everything's really great over here. But, you know, I'm like, uh you know, I, you know, I, I already gave my word. So the guy's waiting for me, I would think at some point, but I appreciate it. I'll stick around for as long as, as that ends up happening. Next day though, I call up the guy and I don't even remember their names or anything like that, but I said, Hey, by the way, what's going on with the job? Is there anything going on? I got an offer over here. And, uh, he goes, well, nothing's changed. Nothing's, but you know, hang on tight when, and, and I'm sure it'll come up soon. And, um, and I said, well, is it possible this job might just disappear, evaporate? He goes, and there was a hesitation, right? So as soon as I hung up the phone over there, I go right back in. I'll take the job, <clears throat> you know, great. because the guy couldn't commit to me, yeah. right? So at that point, and what you know, a week later, he calls me back, says, okay, you start Dave's X. <laughs> now I'm like, well, sorry, you told me you, you couldn't. These guys, these guys gave me a firm offer. And so that started my career and that's, you know, in the um, consulting engineering business. Okay. And uh, how long were you there for? I was there for six years. Thought I knew everything that needed to know in, in, in six years. So now you got to understand, too, I, I skipped a grade. So from I went from uh, in junior high, I went from uh, seventh to ninth grade. So I graduated. And I was 21 years old. So when I started at Lizardos and then, you know, and again, I worked up and again, talk about I'm, I'm a hustler. So, you know, in our industry, you have mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire protection. So um, and mechanical plumbing, HVAC, sprinklers, it's all kind of related, sure. pipe, water, whatever. So at some point I said, I'm going to do it all. Uh, give me an electrical engineer and I'll do all the other trades. And <clears throat> I don't need somebody else to coordinate with. I know what I need to do. So. I became that five tool player wow. and I learned all that. And then, you know, also just then I started listening now talking about the project management and all that. And what I can't stress enough is that I wouldn't be the man or the engineer I am right now without that fertile ground uh, and upbringing, upbringing because uh, uh, Lizardos, I will have to say, even to this day, they were gr tremendous engineers, very, very smart um, if somebody could put a man on the moon, they could, you know, wow. it was one of those types of things. And I was blessed to work with some great mentors over there who had the ability to just, you know, put their arm over my shoulder and look over what I'm doing, give me some proper critique, what I'm doing good, what I'm doing bad and really being honest. And so, and to the point where, you know, again, I, I was a single guy, you know, I'm just <laughs> hanging out and, oh, you're going to pay me for overtime too. Sure. Okay. I'll work till whenever. Right. right? So, and many times I'd be there, you know, seven o'clock at night and, uh, uh, Dana Harris, one of the associates over there, he'd have his trench coat on, walking out the door with his briefcase. I say, hey, Dana, by the way, I got a question over here. He put his briefcase down, take his thing off. <laughs> Two hours later, you know, and I think partly I was probably a result of his divorce because, again, I would just, you know, <laughs> divert him half the time. So it was, again, that's where I kind of learned to learn fan curves, pump curves, this, that, and the other thing. And um, 
And, uh, you know, Evans was a tremendous engineer in his own right, especially in terms of controls. So, you know, I mean, they only, you know, nowadays when you do controls, you have a control sequence. You just write and maybe you do a brief little diagram. Over there, we used to do pages and pages of ladder diagrams. So yeah. I used to be able to, you know, you know, talk about a whole control panel, how it's wired, what connects this, what's the power source with the switches, relays, all that kind of stuff. You know, I yeah. I learned it and again sucked it up like a like a, like my, like a sponge. It was it was tremendous. Um, and then the other great guy that was over there was a fellow Don Stahl who had the ultimate understanding of business and the client. You know. And um, knew right out of the box. Okay, this is the fee. This is how many hours we got to do. This is the schedule. This is how we're going to do it to produce it. And then when we when we would go to a meeting, he would say, "Okay, you're going to meet five people. You know, client A, client B, client C. This guy is a little bit of an asshole. You know, you got to but you got to coddle him, do whatever. This guy is really sharp, and he's the guy. You know, okay. this is the guy with the money. So I used to <laughs> know everything about when I go in to know." Who to respect, to to, who, yeah. to, who to be quiet yeah. around and, and whatever. And so, you know, and so I was able to, you know, in a very, very short time, you know, besides learning the trades, then understanding project management and how to manage people and, and, and draftsmen, designers, other trades and the like. And sometimes I'd be a project manager and there'd be a guy who was like 20 years older than me, you right. know. And again, I was like. 26 years old, you know. So, was, so six years you're there, and then is that when you decide to start going? Well, out on you your know, own? the funny thing is, is that, <laughs> and, and again, you know, my story is so funny because it's, it's, um, because I was happy there mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, I'm going to be on a partner track over here because I'm great, right? So, uh, <laughs> Uh, and they, they brought in this other fellow, you know, and I, some names I'll, I'll leave, uh, <laughs> you know, but he came from, uh, the three-letter firm downtown. Okay. So of course he's got the big reputation, and say, so, oh well, they brought him in, and so truthfully, good guy, nice guy, but you know he was a few years older than me too, and was, you know after a few kind of days, weeks, or whatever, I said, I run circles around this guy right now, <laughs> right? right? So, uh, and then what ended up happening is that very shortly afterwards, um, well. I actually had, uh, I was approached by somebody that used to work with a firm to say, hey, listen, we're, we're jumping out of our firm and we want to start our own thing, but we need somebody with a license because none of them were licensed. Oh, interesting. And I had my license. So uh, I was like, well, I'm happy here. Uh, you know, I'm not really interested. Thanks. Because, you know, it was a little sketchy, I want to say a little bit. So I wasn't really, uh, and I thought I'd, I, I found my place really. Um, and so, you know, going back then at Los Autos, they then elevated this fellow to partner. Got it. And I was like, I didn't even get, this is my mindset though. At that point, I'm only yeah, 26, 27 yeah, yeah, yeah. years old. But I, I'm know, thinking, I, well, I get it. Why didn't they come over and say, Hey Mike, by the way, this is what we're thinking. And I'm like, now in hindsight, I'm like, what, you know, I was a kid, you know, <laughs> I, I was a kid, but I was good though. I was good. You know? So, um, so long story short at that point, I, you know, uh, got back with the other guys and we said okay let's do it and then uh we uh incorporated mg engineering you know pc and so that was 30 years ago what a month ago 30 30 years ago last month was the incorporation the the game plan happened a little bit earlier than that the, the few months prior to but it definitely happened in the year of 1991 so and talk about balls man it's like i was getting married that year i was i mean it's like my mother she'll say it to this day she'll go when I told her that I was leaving Lazardo and she loved them, she, Greeks yeah. and all that, right? So it was all, and she was like, and she like she never vocalized it to me, but this is what she was thinking. And she tells me after the fact, she goes, he goes, 
he goes, he quit his job and he's getting married and what's he going to do? And it's like, <laughs> but that's again, in me, I'm, I'm confident in myself. The worst thing was, it's like, listen, I'm confident. I'll get another job. That's yeah, all. Exactly. I, I did. If it fails, it fails. Yeah. And I will have to say that those first few, you know, months or whatever, being outside of, you know, being able to just walk over to somebody and say, hey, I got a question or whatever. To now all of a sudden you're the guy. Yeah is a tremendous difference. And so no as much as I, I thought I was the smartest guy in the world to all of a sudden, I think I was the most dumbest guy in the world <laughs> right out of the box. And it was just, uh, but you know what? That also teaches you other things in that, you know, it's, it's one of these, uh, uh, hunter killer kind of uh, mentalities where now all of a sudden you got it, you know, you're left to your own devices and you either sink or swim. Did you think growing up you were an entrepreneur? Like, did that well, ever that's come the whole, up? Or? That's the whole funny, <laughs> that's the, 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 the irony of the whole story was is that, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, you know, what am I doing now? Okay, I got my own business, I have my own clients, I whatever. So, exactly what I thought I couldn't do. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing now. So and you've been doing it for 30 years, doing it yeah. for 30 years and, and knock on wood, relatively successful. And, uh, you know, let's let it go for another 30 years. You know, it's, uh, you know, let's keep it on going, you know. So. So what was there, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords these days about, you know, when you create a company, was there a vision for you for the company? Was there, a, you know, an overall mission, something that you want? Did you want to be different? Well, I think what, what the benefit that we had was, I mean, being, you know, when we first came out um, and we were a little unique in that, you know, there was there was four of us initially and then then we had a fifth, um, but we had all the trades covered. So we were on the board. So, you know, it was, you know, it was like four of us and a secretary and that's mm -hmm. what it what it was. And um, initially it was not so much uh is you know survival you know obviously you want to do well um you know everybody who's been a worker understands that you know they they think that it's cushy being at the top you know but you know <laughs> are there benefits yeah if you do it right mm -hmm. you know absolutely uh if you mm -hmm. do it wrong it could be catastrophic yeah uh but it's um it's one of these things where you know from a vision standpoint you know i never thought we'd be where we are right now i can't tell you that i'd be there the only thing i could tell you is that and even to this day, there's no number in my head. Where do I want to be? What do I want to go? I want to be able to grow organically and plan for my opportunities and, and chances to do it, to, to do it successfully. So do we have a vision? You know, it's, uh, you know, once you reach a certain level of success, now it's like, okay, now you're talking about, okay, successorship and, uh, um, and being able to, you know, and, and the only way you're really going to do that is by a certain amount of growth, too, sure. because you either grow or die because there are plenty of firms out there that stayed very stagnant. Yep. Uh, didn't have a successor plan, didn't have anything, somebody that they can hand the keys over to. So, you know, and you can't take all that burden on your shoulders continuously if you want to live a good life. You know, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, you have to have that work life balance. You want to be able to, um, you know, have a good time, enjoy yourself. And I truly want to say that, you know, this stage of my life, um, my clients are my friends That's and great. vice versa. Uh, so I live, I live through the company, you know, it's one of those, th you know, where it's, uh, as you know, I like to play a lot of golf and, and <laughs> my golf Rolodex is tremendously <clears throat> deep with and, and all industry individuals. So these That's are great. all people that I know, architects, contractors, vendors, whatever. And it's, uh, uh, so whenever I go out, to play it's usually some type of business, business related like, we're talking about business, what's yep. going on and it's fun and i and i tend to try to uh, be with people that i enjoy to do because i don't you know that's the other thing is i 
I, I surround my myself with people that I that I like and re- trust and respect. Uh, yeah. You know what? If there are enough bad people in the industry that you just don't want to associate with, and and you kind of walk the other way. So, so what was your approach in kind of getting those clients? Like, how did you go about that? And and you know, obviously they've become your friends, but how did you initially? go after yeah, clients you know, and become the rainmaker basically really, yeah it's, it's really funny because you know and it, and it happened relatively organically because um you know you always you always again not with a a a, a direction well okay we're here and i want to say we're a little bit more um you know uh you know we plan a lot more now back then it really it was just Okay, we, we know what we're doing. We I can't tell you that the, you know how many times we would walk in as a tenant engineer and I'd walk out as building engineer, right? Because <laughs> we would go in there and talk to the building engineers, meaning the operations guys, building managers, and the like. And many times we were in the middle of negotiation. We're talking. Sometimes we would know the building better than the guys that they had hired. And so next thing we know, they would I would get a call and say, "Hey, by the way, we got something going on over here. Do you want to do it?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, no problem. So um, I grew up with the affinity of, of uh, you know, landlords are, are where that's my wheelhouse and on the commercial side of things because um, we do do a fair amount of residential development and the like. And there's a different client base over sure. there, which I never really felt comfortable with because it's it's it, listen, it's tough. You know, it's one of those things you go do a whole bunch of work and then you, you're chasing that last paycheck for me. I find out a job. You call me up. Hey, Mike, you got a job. Okay, give me the drawings. Two weeks, we produce them. You know, a week out to bid. It's built in three months. Pay me. I'm out of there. So within six months, that job is in and out and done. No drama, no fuss, (laughs) no muss. And so that's, you know, so I'm a bunch of like Mm -hmm. little nickels and dimes. And, you know, those grow up to be dollars. And uh, but in the midst of things, uh, you know, it's um, it's my, my biggest client is SL Green. And this is when, again, you, you know, I've been their engineers for well over 20 years when they started off as being just a B market, B, B building landlords. Uh, their very first building, trophy building, if you want to call it, was 1515 Broadway sure. where Viacom is. And so I remember doing the due diligence report before they bought that building. And that was then they went on a run at that point. And um, it was good to be. I was their their pair, their professional pair of eyes and ears, and you I would walk these buildings. For everything, yeah. And again, it's it's been a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, I, I I give them all the the you know our success uh, from a client standpoint. Uh, you know, they've been solely behind us. And uh, and the great thing about it too is that you know being in business 30 years. So obviously we grew in a recession. We lived through .com. We lived through 9-11, lived through the 08 financial crisis. Landlords always have something to do, you know, the commercial side of things. And it's uh, buildings, you know, get hit by Sandy and, you know, 180 Maiden Lane. We did a tremendous, I mean, career jobs that we ended up doing sure. down there. So, you know, out of those those crises come great, great opportunities. And if you're there for your clients and you take care of them, the good ones will stay with you and keep keep. So, giving. how has COVID affected your business? Well, COVID, it's, it's COVID, been different. I think it's for been all different. Of us. I mean, you would think that you know a lot of people will say, "Hey, listen, this is, must have been a boon for you guys, right?" And it's like everybody's got to do. What, and I think, truthfully, and and again, I'm not a snake oil salesman, so I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, you know, you need to upgrade this, that, and <laughs> your the other filters, thing. yeah." Yeah, I mean, I, I keep listening to some of my competitors sitting out there because I've done a couple of commercial observer uh, roundtables, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and so I would hear either 
some engineers on the previous and or you know and i'm the type where i was like guys listen the only way you're going to catch this thing is if i got it and we're standing really close and i'm and i'm basically spitting on you i mean yeah. that's really how you're going to get this exactly us sitting here having it is not going to infect somebody all the way on the other side right listen you could do all this stuff we'll make the you know listen it's all about indoor air quality and making the space cleaner safer but you're going to do that that. anyway you're going to do that anyway exactly so this whole covid thing uh you know i was one to just you know practice proper hygiene and you'll probably take care of 99 percent of your issues over there yeah for me to go tell my landlords to go spend millions of dollars uh to improve something is not something that I think is 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 a, a good business plan. However, you know, as we know that this is a very psychologically skewed, you know, flawed uh, uh, environment that we're in right now. And some people just want that placebo. Or some people yep. just want, I need to do something to tell these people so they can get them back into the office. Yeah. I need to tell them I did X, Y, and Z. So all of a sudden we were able to, to say all this stuff. And so if that's what you want to do, fine. I just don't want you to say, hey, listen, I, I we put all this stuff and this person caught COVID. It's right. they're gonna catch it by right. coming up the elevator. Or not. Or, yeah, exactly. exactly. So yep. there's absolutely so from that standpoint, um it, it's you know, I sit there and you know, we just listen. You know, we came up right out of the box because, you know, listen, it was a scary time. It's like all of a sudden the faucets just Trust shut me, off, as you know, right? Yep. And it's like you know, bro- the brokers were told to stand down and, you know, because a good amount of what we do is corporate interiors like yourself. Yep. And so it was a scary time. So, yeah, you try and be the expert that you can on, on certain things. And and I think we try to put out a, um, a proper message to everybody. And to that point, there were a lot of people that sat on the sidelines because they want to see where this thing is going to end up going. Yeah. And so and we were right there with them. And unfortunately, again, um, you know, it was a pause. There was no doubt about it. There was, you know, the whole thing just held everything back. Uh, now, funny enough, uh, a little over a year ago, it figures February of last year, I had purchased another engineering firm, uh, Callum Lemelson, that had a a um, a um, their their specialties with healthcare, yeah. higher ed, institutional work. Because again, it's all about diversification. Exactly. So I was just planning long term strategy. And for you're the firm. a genius. And I'm a genius. <laughs> and so there it goes. Let's go ahead and do it. Um, but unfortunately, what uh, and I think still it's it's going to play mm-hmm. big time because uh, healthcare I think is the future. I think there's a lot of things that are yep. still to be had. But unfortunately, COVID um, and with our illustrious governors and uh, <laughs> that they end up doing, they they cut off all the uh, elective surgeries, and so and they went into this crisis mode throughout the state and country. Um, so you know their budgets were decimated. So even if there was work that they were planning, now they, they can't afford it, it yeah. because or they had to pause on it. So so I think I think we're in the middle of that renaissance or re, 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 resurgence that's going to end up happening. Um, we did score actually funny enough with Health and Hospitals Corporation. Um, <laughs> we ended up with a very big contract uh, with a very tight di- uh, tight uh, time frame to produce a set of drawings within a month for um, Brooklyn, Queens, the Staten Island uh, City Hospitals okay. uh, with a major um, COVID. Uh, now, the, you got to understand, hospitals where people are much more sensitive and prone to getting sick, you, you need to different. go through that extra I, I get you know, it, yeah. commercial office space, not so much. Right. You know, when you're when you have people that have um, their immune system is compromised, you need to take special care yeah. of them. So, for, you know, so we ended up doing a fair amount of, of work for them, sizable contract. And so but it's like, OK, that was a great kickoff to this year. You know, we needed to just keep on going, you know, so uh, uh, I'm bullish on the year. I think I think ultimately it'll end up, uh, you know, hopefully 
you know, working out better, but it's a, it's a slow go. It's by no means, right. you know, it's not all of a sudden it jumps and jumped up again. So, so from the engineering profession side, how has, how has the profession changed for you over the last 30 years? Is it, how are the, how have the people changed? You know, is it better? Is it worse? You know, what, what, what do you see there? Well, I, I think certainly, you know, the, how do I want to put it? Um, you know, as everything's progressed, you know, we, we started off on the boards, you know, uh, actually Lizardus was one, one of the first firms to come up with CAD to be working okay. on it. Uh, they were actually working on all the HPs and it was VersaCAD versus AutoCAD at that point because it was like sodium, yeah, Sony, uh, like wanted. Betamax or, or VHS, <laughs> which way were you going to end up going, right? They end up going VersaCAD wrong decision you know autocad came into play but again we went from you know drafting you know and um you know the 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 um the the um the um computers being as as speedy as they were and to be able to do certain calculations besides your documentation and all that so you know um Again, thirty years ago, yeah, those those engineers with the pocket protectors and the slide rules and all that—that <laughs> that was real because you know you you know you had you know your calculators were all those again. I'm, I outdate you a little bit, so yeah, we you know, had, I was, had them, but yeah, you know. But you're looking at this thing now versus what what you can literally do on your phone was like night and day. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's uh, I think there's a lot that's the same that I wish you know the, some of that. Uh, practicality and that mindset versus some people for the sake of expediency they they kind of they 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 take the shortcuts and yeah. i think i think there's a happy medium to be done the unfortunate part about it is is fees have stayed very relatively stagnant so now all of a sudden i'm i'm buying better uh, computers with expensive software engineers to operate these things that, that cost a pretty penny but yet my fees are almost to the point of where we were like 30 years ago it's it's, yeah. it's scary and crazy well, we've become it's, commoditized i mean i can tell you that i yep. know as the architect you know we we have a certain per you know per square foot price and right. then we know okay the engineer is going to be let's say it's 50 percent of right. that price Correct. right yep and we know okay he fell in line there so we're about right and that's it right, right. and right. so now we have just as good a shot of winning a job as the next you guy hope. if it's based on fee if it's based is, on fee and that's the whole thing is that you know mm -hmm. it should be more based on value because uh, i don't have to tell you that <laughs> that what we do versus the difference between a high quality set of drawings and a lousy set of drawings far surpasses what the delta and the fees would end up being. So exactly. the thing is, is that if you hire somebody that has a good reputation and to do a high set quality of drawings, you're going to get a better product, thus less change orders, less problems, yep. less problems on the field. You, you, know. you mentioned the software. The software is a scam. I mean, at this point, so auto, someone's got to come up and beat Autodesk because right now you're Still you're you're constantly every every year you have to upgrade. Yep. You have to pay for a certain amount of seats, or you lose the. I mean, it, it's gotten so expensive and well, so we had a racket earlier. Obviously, <laughs> we used to buy that one version of AutoCAD and copy it exactly yeah. times. I guess then, they're making up for you it, know. But. And then then obviously we got smarter because we didn't need. Because we had gotten a, once we cleaned everything up, we thought all of a sudden we get a, law, a letter from a lawyer from Autodesk saying, <laughs> "What you heard?" And now we're saying, "Where was the leak?" Because for crying out loud, it wasn't like any of our, you know, did one of our employees who was disgruntled maybe say something? They or just whatever. assumed, I think, Autodesk. So and now it's all subscription based, and now mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's it's a it's it's you know, it's a way of printing money. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. I love the architecture profession. There are so many wonderful people. So many interesting, innovative, and smart folks. 
And we get access to people that most never even have an opportunity to meet in person. I have worked with Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, John Foley, founder of Peloton, and many more legends. There is another aspect of architects that fascinates me. How do clients view us? How do they work with us? Those that work with architects either have a wonderful experience or a pretty bad one. Let's continue to listen to the lessons they've learned. And now back to the episode. So part of what we do here is take a critical look at the architecture profession, how architects work with their clients, and in your case, you know how we work with our engineer counterparts. We are literally on the same team mm-hmm. as you, yet many times you wouldn't know that, right, based on kind of the way architects and, and uh, engineers interact. So um, in your opinion, you know, what do architects do well and what do they do wrong and what what's kind of broken about the process in terms of working with engineers? Well, you know, again, you got good ones and bad ones. Of course. And obviously, we'll, we'll, the bad ones are the ones where, you know, okay, we'll frustrate them because, you know, while, you know, our fee is, is let's say, half of yours, you know, we control sometimes more than half of the budget. Yeah, um, definitely. And so everybody always looks. The client you know, never sees what's behind the walls and up in the They never see it. They say, what, 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 <laughs> what, am I, what am I paying for over here? So, but the funny thing is, is that, you know, because no matter what, every single job, I don't know one that doesn't, um, you you give the client all his wants and everything else. You put out a set of drawings, gets priced. And it's like immediately you're into VE mode, value engineering. And it's like, okay, well, we need to cut out X amount of dollars out of the thing. But the funny thing is with the engineering, it's tough for me to gold plate something because I'm program related. It's, it's yeah. uh, you know, I don't care that your floor costs, I don't <laughs> even know how much, whatever it's right. made out of some, foot or some fancy foot, whatever right. in the wall. And, you, you know, it's like, and you have certain different types of ceilings. Now, granted, I can go from a linear diffuser to a square diffuser and there's things that, that I can do on that. But that's also generally, again, related to what the architect is, yeah. make, is looking for a look. So it's like, okay, well, I need to protect it. So I have X amount of sprinkler head. So I sit there and I'm impotent. I, I, don't, I have nothing for you guys. Yeah. Unless you want to cut out square footage, there's, no, there's nothing I can really save you in terms of dollars because, again, I've trained myself and my people to, to give a very efficient design in the first place. We don't gold plate anything. We don't go out there and say, okay, well, let's let's do the right job for the right because we will go out there and say okay well why should i rip down this big duct main just to put the same one right back in where it is so let's salvage it let's do whatever it is so we're always right out of the box trying to think of of ways not to not to necessarily cheapen the job but just do the right job for the for the least amount of money sure you know that makes sense but you know that's um i guess you know listening to the client you know sometimes i'll sit there and I don't think the architects listen and they just say, well, this is what I want. Um, and then all of a sudden they, they, they come up with something that is not what the client was looking right, for. Right, right. So now the and- problem ends up being like a lot of times now you got to make a change. Well, Mr. Architect, you have to change it because you didn't give them what you wanted. But now it affects me. Now, if I'm in contract with the client, with the architect, and I want to, I got to be paid for my time to change it. Now, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, where's that going to come from? I can't go to the client for this yeah. because- you know, so now it depends on the relationship with the, you have with the architect. Yep. You know, how can he make you whole? How do you okay? Can you make it up on the next job? You know, yep. it comes into that kind of kind of thing. So, so when I was a designer, though, and, uh, you know, working on the boards, let's say, obviously, I don't do that as much as I, I, I used to. But I remember working with the engineers and I remember um, 
you know, the criticism of the engineer was they didn't want to make any changes until the architect was done. Correct. And I remember thinking to myself, like, hmm, that kind of makes sense, you know, but it would piss, you know, every other architect, you know, other architect or yep. designer that, that was at the firm, it would piss them off. No, they should be making the changes when I make the changes. And I thought, but that doesn't really make any sense. You're you're whipping through different ideas. You've got you haven't settled on anything. Nothing's decided. Right. In the end, give them the boundaries and they're going to put the ductwork in there. Now, if there's a major thing that needs to be coordinated, sure. we need to all talk about that ahead of time and know that ahead of time. But in the meantime, you know, so that that I would say was always the criticism that yeah, I had. Yeah, I mean, I listen, into. and I can get it because people want real time. Everybody thinks that that change is going to be the last change, but we all know that it doesn't end up being that way. And again, right. every time I, the, the problem ended up happening to, well, back in the day when it was it was hand drafting, then you have to race or you had sepia <laughs> and you're playing all of that. Now CAD made it a little bit easier, but people also still, no matter what, you know, that, you know, ceilings affect three trades yeah you know all of a sudden i gotta look at the h but i would make subtle little changes on the drawings when i first started i would make subtle little changes on the drawings and i'd resend the background to the oh, okay. to the engineer right and i remember the engineer going why are you sending me this it's exactly the same i was <laughs> like well what are you talking about i moved the wall like an inch and a half <laughs> over or something like that so i learned pretty quickly like oh wait i gotta just either wait. show what it is or exactly or just wait listen i would rather just say just give me the drawings when you're when you're set with your ceilings and we'll coordinate it from from that standpoint on if there's a problem and that's again where the difference is between architects who understand what we know, need and just make sure and you have a little bit of that coordination in the beginning hey listen i need 12 inches clear here yeah. or i need this and whatever and it's a our life has gotten a little bit easier with led fixtures now now we're not dealing with a six inch yeah. fluorescent uh, you know in. so there, there's certain benefits now it's been a long time since I've been on the boards, but it's so uh, it's uh, uh, and I'm sure. But now with with the advent of Revit and all this, you know, now it just drives me us a little bit crazy because we always think in three dimension. As a mechanical engineer, we had always, mm -hmm. and and it didn't matter. It's like uh, I can show something in double line, or I can put it in Revit, or I can just so show a single line in two dimensions, and it buys out the same thing as long as I did my job and know that it fits there. Yeah, then I know it's going to end up working. Now to take the extra effort and to do things um, full two, three dimensions and to get it with every other obstruction and what ends up working out over there takes more time on our, our side to input all those different things. So we're critical of, of engineers that are sort of not fully Revit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I get why we are. Um, but I always, I always think if I take the engine, I try to always look at things holistically, right? Like, sure. okay, how does the engine look? Their engineers are professionals just like we are, right? right? We're all looking for the same thing and we're on the same team. Right. So what exactly is the deal? So I understand the mechanical side of things, right? I understand that, you know, we as the architect want to see that in three dimensions. We want the actual dimensions. We want to know where the diffusers are because we want to control that ultimately in the end, if the ceiling height was an issue, whatever. Plumbing okay, I could kind of understand that we need at least major plumbing mm -hmm. things. Electrical, I don't get. Like when, yeah. our, when our crew here is pissed that, you know, the electrical isn't, isn't modeled in 3D, I think, well, honestly, aren't they just kind of fishing that through walls anyway? <laughs> Does it really well, matter? You know, I, I think that the tough part is, is that you're also, now you're looking to be perfect. Uh, because again, the, the, the program will, will buzz you or give you a, a hit, you know, yeah. whenever it is. And so now, so now you're cr basically creating a shop drawing. You're doing the contractor's job because but you're also the not getting tough paid. part you're is, not is that, paid for that you're not getting paid yeah. for that. And what ends up in the field, you have, you end up with field conditions that may require a little bit of j 
juking here and, yeah. and around. So now all of a sudden it's like, uh, and also if, if somebody was to move something just a little bit, now it's like, again, that, that effect that ends up going. Meanwhile, if you just did it, okay, the contractor is going to take care of it in the field. Right. Again, there, you know, there's, uh, you know, do you have a better set of drawings? Uh, listen, it looks the same because you're still printing out a two dimension plan, right? Right. You don't really see it unless you're on the computer. So, listen, I understand it. I think the whole BIM uh, where technically you can go and you can plug in and get all your bill of materials and you can there just throw it. But I don't think it's it's I don't think it's all it's cracked up to be yet. It's not it. there yet. It's going there. It's, you know, it's definitely one of our goals there. I mean, ideally, we don't want to print out the, the yeah. drawings anymore. We want to deliver them in 3D. But we're, we're sort of, do you think, though, that the actual business model for architects and engineers needs to change? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it, it, I guess it all depends on what what the end goal is for the particular client, because it's like we're always the profession has changed so much, especially for you guys over the last 30 years, because uh, it used to be the architect ran the whole show. Yeah, they hired the engineer, they hired the contractor, they hired all the sub consultants and they were the King Poobah sitting at the top of the of the whole food chain. Uh, and then obviously after the financial crisis back in the nineties, uh, you know, obviously there were a lot of facilities, people in the, in the, uh, in the financial industry that, that were out of a job. And, and then all of a sudden the owner's reps showed up, showed up uh, in yeah. the industry. And I think they have a, they have a purpose and a, and a role, especially if you're talking to, to a client who doesn't have any understanding of construction. Uh, but what's really funny is some of the larger firms have people who could run full blown jobs by themselves. <laughs> right. So all they need to do is hire hire their their trades. So uh, I think the, the the I think the um, the field is a little bit muddied right now. There's there's alliances that are out there. Um, you know, you can be the best guy out there. Everybody can like you, but because of X, Y, and Z. You get boxed out of, of something. You know, it's it's the whole industry as a whole. You have to have your relationships anyway. You yeah. Know? Obviously, the brokers have influence, uh, yep. and so you know, you. I want to be a friend to everybody. I just and I and I'm a resource to everybody. So and I would say less and less. You know, as the architect, we used to hold everybody under our contract, Correct. right? As the so so for those in the audience that don't know, you know, the architect essentially hires the engineer, right? right. And and then we have a contract with you. We hire sort of all of the consultants, and then we pay you. Correct. Right. We we collect the money and then we pay you. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, the secret is sometimes we hold your payment, whether we've gotten paid or not. But, you know, we, yes. we won't we won't tell anybody that. <laughs> not us here. We're no, good. We're no actually complaints good. With We're, you guys. No we complaints. are good here. Back in the day, maybe not right. so. But, but we are good now these days with that stuff. But less and less is that's the case. Right. The And even us, we're, we're saying, well, you. Just hire them direct. Right. You know, it's actually less for us. They don't want to pay an administrative. These clients don't Correct. want to pay an administrative fee where we have to do the billing and we have to then get you the money. And there's there is work to be done with that. Well, there's, there's work to be done. The, the whole accounting component to it is is tremendous. And it's uh, uh, and it all depends on your project managers, keeping all those those things in, in yeah. line and that, you know, making sure that the 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 sub sub consultants like ourselves have an overbuild that particular, you know, and it's, there's always that arm wrestling that, that occurs. And, yep. you, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I'd rather go straight to the money, to be honest with you. Um, but I think, you know, what's lacked is, is that, um, and again, 
you know, we're almost pitted against each other all the time. Not necessarily engineer or architect, but listen, if we have a good relationship in that, you know what? Every job we do is like, you know, clockwork. And, you know, you want to take us as much as you can because, you know, you know, it's just like myself, you know, in our firm where we have our, you know, we, we've basically broken up the whole entire firm into studios and all these guys, the same electrical engineers and mechanical all work together on each particular job. You know, there's there's a um, you got that camaraderie. There's an understanding They you already can can predict the other person's wants and needs and to, to do a successful job. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden now, if you start having this kit of parts, well, I'm going to take this architect and I'm going to take this engineer and, you know, and they have absolutely zero relationship with each other. And then all of a sudden you want to have a have a good marriage. It's it doesn't always work all the time. either. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, but yeah, it's again, it's uh, we try to work with as many people as we can. We try to have good relationships uh, and um, be known as uh, not the difficult guys out there. You know, we want to be yeah, able, sure. people that work with you because we understand what's what's your end game what's your budget what do you need to do okay let's 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 make it happen you get to be in the room a lot with architects that are presenting right in in presentations where do you see architects or designers you know fall on their face in a in a presentation <laughs> that's a good one you know yeah you don't want to really spill the beans too much over there um you know listen i, I have a great respect for architects that um can take the vision and they, they can make these renderings of clients wants before they've even gotten awarded the job and to, to show this is what we can do for you. I mean, and, and to be able to walk in and to look at this thing and be a, um, uh, you know, you can walk right through as if you're, you're there and you haven't even gotten hired to do the job already. And that's almost the level that you need to kind of win a particular yeah, job at some particular point. Sure. And I think where people fall down is that, you know, it's, um, and some people are good at it. Some people are not. I mean, listen, sometimes I'll get tapped on the shoulder. Hey, Mike, we got to go present for this job and I'll find out what's OK. What are we doing? What are, <laughs> and so you just walk in and, you you know, you try and turn on the charm. And and, and again, for myself, uh, you know, what am I selling? I'm selling the firm, you know, so it's like I, I know what we're capable of doing. So I, you know, uh, you try and get the job specifics and try and work that around. But again, to the point where if, if, if uh, any time that you're presenting, you don't understand necessarily the the program what the client wants and uh or you try and force feed them something that you know yeah it's your agenda it's not their agenda mm -hmm. you know so so it's all it's it, sometimes it's great because we also have a have a, a low voltage company uh mgutc which does yep. um av it and 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 there those are where the technologies are just going through the roof yeah and so uh facial recognition on security and all this stuff which is just you know it's and and you know you want to make the client aware of it but you don't want to make it like well this is what we're going to do for you this right. is what we can do for you this is what you want and by the way this is the price tag for it because it ain't cheap yep you know and then you know you find out whether they have it in the budget whether they want to dig a little deeper mm -hmm. um yeah. i think it's always good to show them all the options and not give them options that you know are not going to make any sense anyway, you know? So, you know, be reasonable, practical. I mean, that's that's really what's, what's I think, been the, the key to success for the most part. So I referred to you as the anti-engineer, besides the fact that you're a cool guy and, you know, you what, what why would you say that about yourself? Well, again, I think, you know, uh, we, I look at every job as if it's, as if it's, I'm doing it for myself personally. I look at it to say, okay, you know, 
what would I do if it's because again, I think I try to think practically. I kind of think that okay, I'm spending my money. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, all of a sudden, okay, if the client says pretend I'm Bill Gates, like okay, no problem. Well, let's <laughs> let's let's knock it out of the park. But you know, I like to think that you know when I walk into a job or or I talk to my clients and and I, and and. and I've, I've, I've saved them money and I've told them to spend money sometimes where it makes a lot more sense. Case in point, like at uh, 180 Main Lane after I got hit by Sandy. Um, and what it turned out is like, obviously, all the electric service rooms down in the basement were just trashed. Yeah. You know, the water went all the way up to the ground floor. So yeah. everything was gone. And so, you know, they they very seriously were considering just replacing everything down back in the basement. And that oh, was wow. like. I was out of it. I was stomping. No effing way am I going to put these things back in the basement. Go get somebody else to do it because I'm not going to do it because it's happened twice in the last 20 years. It's going to happen again. Yeah. So why do why do we want to do this? And 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 thankfully they they thought wisely and we we created a mezzanine on the third floor and we yeah. threw everything back up there. So um, I don't know if everybody thinks that way sometimes. I guess and sometimes I think. Uh, you know, everybody so much to just nod their heads and say, OK, this is what it is and just go by rote. Uh, I think every job is unique in its own fashion. And you want to be able to to kind of, uh, you know, you want you want you, you want to do the best for the job to make the best quality so that ultimately it stands the test of time, depending if you know what it ends up being. Well, one of my biggest, uh, again, from, from a career standpoint, you know, being Greek. Ground Zero, we had the Greek church, St. Nicholas got yeah. trashed, got knocked down. Uh, I was lucky enough to be part of the team to design the new oh, wow. n- the new church down there. So there's, again, a sense of pride sure. and um, to go ahead and do it. And uh, over there, it was like, you know, a lot like a lot of churches and the like, very high ceiling heights or whatever. And I said, absolutely, we're going to put radiant floor over here because you're not going to see duct work, yeah. but it's also, you know, when you're standing someplace, what, what makes you feel cold? Your feet. Yeah. When you have a cold slab. You know, you just, you, you know, you, you're in church, you got, you know, your leather uh, shoes or whatever. And it's, uh, I was like, and, you know, you're fighting people and say, no, well, that's cost too much money. I was like, it's going to be so much worth it because I'm not going to heat 20 feet of air. I'm just going <laughs> to heat this, yeah. this seven foot layer here right now. And that's all it needs. And so, you know, again, sometimes you just got to bully people where, where it makes sense. I would never do it for my own devices. It's always what I know it's is the best for the and client. Matters, and generally we get yeah. it. Yeah, generally we got it. But again, um, yeah, you know, in terms of just general reputation, I'm the guy that just comes in and, uh, <laughs> you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and, and I, you know, what I speak is, is an unvarnished truth. And it's uh, uh, gets me in trouble sometimes, especially when talking politics. It's but <laughs> um, but it's what I believe in. And, I, and 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 always, 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 whether it's the client, my family, my employees, my partners. I don't look at it selfishly. What, what what's going to benefit Mike Gerizunas? I I look at the instance that I'm looking at, and what's the best thing for the situation that we're looking to do. Yep. Um, because again, you know, I thank God. Knock on wood, everything's going good. I'm good. Good health. My family's all good. So you know, from let's let's move on from there. How can we spread this around a That's little awesome. bit? You I know. Love so it. so bringing it all back around. If you had to do it differently, as far as your career. You know, what might you have changed? Jeez, you know, that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, I'm in such a good place and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of say, because again, when you do that alternate reality, who knows where you end up, end up being, um, 
the I will have to say that you know this industry, this business takes a mental, physical, emotional toll on you. <laughs> um, the reason why you know I am divorced is that it's uh, you know spend a lot of time. You know it's yeah. it's it's uh, you know and as a business owner, you're you're invested. You know and and one of the issues I had with my ex is that she at one time she said, well, why don't we just sell everything and and go move somewhere else? And I was like. You don't understand this business is like my child it's like mm -hmm. one of my boys over here i built it it's something that's very very important to me and it's it gives me a sense of pride a sense of joy and uh so you know after trying to make that work it just you know wasn't the case because you know i needed at least one day to entertain my clients at night right they yeah. need to more so right Believe so me, I, I know it's and it's a tough you know uh, take them out golfing and doing whatever so um and it, and fall, it falls to the other person yeah. falls to the other person and so uh, i was lucky enough right now to find a woman that uh i, I want to say they call us a power couple in, in the city and <laughs> the industry right now so we have a great time uh she's also in the construction industry and she uh and again, we, we we go out, we play golf with clients, and we're all at all the golf outings. Uh, That's great. Where and the, and again, a lot of times we're always there because, you know what? It's one of those outings is like a hundred lunches. You know, I mean, you see yep. everybody that you want to see. You spend five minutes with them, say whatever. You get some face, uh, and um, and the reason why we do so well is that again, I have a lot of friends, good golfers who play, and uh, <laughs> and I was tired at the very beginning where I'd go bring clients and I'd sit in the back of the room while other other people were getting the accolades, winning all the time. I said, screw this, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting teams together to to go out there. And nice. It's that competitive nature that we have, and to go out there and uh, you know sometimes I walk into these events and they'll say, Mike, what do you got with you? Okay, well we'll just give it to you right now. So. But, uh, <laughs> But again, it's it's fun. It's all in good nature. We enjoy it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, COVID uh, kicked everybody's ass last year. And uh, but we're starting to see it's him definitely coming, coming back. back. I agree. Definitely I coming agree. back. So. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I can't thank you enough for being my guest here uh, on the podcast. Um, you know, I really appreciate you sharing the story and uh, you're, you're an awesome guy. So, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Listen, I have all the respect for you, what you've built here from obviously understanding uh, Mancini has been around for a while, but I think you've kicked it up a notch to the awesome. next level. So thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of great respect for you. So this was this was an honor to be here. So awesome. I appreciate it. it. So to uh, to read and see more about uh about Michael uh, and MG Engineering, you can check out their website, which is www.mgedpc.net. You got it. Right. Or you can check out his uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. All that stuff. So. Plenty, of, plenty of golf pictures you'll see there for sure. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christian. Awesome. Okay.